Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, July 29th. In today's news, three are dead in California after a shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. The Senate is not allowing a full bird colonel to testify about her allegations of sexual assault against a general who is up for a big promotion. And President Trump playing hardball with Guatemala is plunging that country's young democracy into a constitutional crisis. But first, the big idea. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats will leave his position next month, and President Trump announced Sunday that he will nominate Congressman John Ratcliffe, the Republican from Texas, as his replacement. Coates, a former Indiana Republican senator and ambassador to Germany, was often at odds with Trump over the wisdom of negotiating with Russia, the status of Iran's nuclear weapons program, and the severity of foreign threats to U.S. elections. Ratcliffe, a third-termer who sits on the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, has made his name in Congress as one of the GOP's most dogged critics of perceived anti-Trump bias inside the FBI and in the special counsel's investigation. Ratcliffe will probably get confirmed by a Republican-controlled Senate that seems afraid to challenge Trump. But the appointment of an outspoken partisan loyalist raises a litany of legitimate questions about the president's politicization of the intelligence community. Ratcliffe launched perhaps the most spirited defense of Trump during last Wednesday's Bob Mueller hearings, criticizing the former special counsel for providing evidence of the 10 episodes in which Trump possibly obstructed justice when he never intended to decide whether the president had committed a crime or prosecute him because of the Office of Legal Counsel opinion. Trump's announcement that Ratcliffe will get this big job came just a few hours after the congressman went on Fox News Sunday to defend the president at length and attack the Mueller report vigorously as an untrustworthy document written by liberals. Mueller is a Republican. For months, Coates had recognized that his relationship with Trump, which was never strong to begin with, had frayed beyond repair. Coates had felt increasingly isolated and was excluded from important national security decision-making meetings. Ratcliffe, who has the president's confidence and ear, has no background in intelligence, though he did serve for a brief time as a terrorism prosecutor and then U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Texas when George W. Bush was president. He also served as the mayor of Heath, Texas, a town of about 9,000 outside Dallas, Trump has repeatedly blasted the intelligence agencies as having tried to undermine his election and has, without evidence, accused former senior intelligence officials from the Obama administration of illegally spying on him. Ratcliffe echoed these allegations during his Fox News appearance on Sunday. He said that it appears to him, quote, that there were crimes committed during the Obama administration, but he declined to identify anyone by name. Other Ratcliffe allies say that he intends to clean house once he gets into the intelligence community. Last year, Ratcliffe's name was floated as a possible replacement for former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, but Bill Barr got the job instead because some in the White House felt that Ratcliffe lacked the experience necessary to be the nation's chief law enforcement officer. Now, he'll be the chief intelligence officer. The 53-year-old represents the seventh most Republican district in the country. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, three people are dead and at least 15 are injured after a shooting Sunday evening at the annual Garlic Festival in Gilroy, California. One gunman was killed by officers at the scene within a minute of opening fire, 
And the Gilroy police chief said in an early morning news conference that the cops are still searching for a possible second suspect, although it's unclear if that person also fired on the crowd or assisted the shooter. The first reports of gunshots came in around 5.41 p.m. local time, just as the event, which draws tens of thousands of people every year, was wrapping up its third and final day. Police say they don't know yet what the shooter's motive was. They say he had an assault-style rifle and that he entered the festival by cutting through a perimeter fence. Among the dead is a six-year-old boy named Stephen Romero. His mother and grandmother were also injured in the shooting. Julissa Contreras and her boyfriend Mario Camargo were browsing at a food tent when they saw a man in a military-style outfit emerge from a nearby access road and start shooting left to right and right to left. Contreras told the Post in a phone interview overnight that she and her boyfriend ran in different directions, each taking shelter behind tents with crying children and frantic parents. Some people froze and others sprinted. Some appeared to play dead. Once they heard the gunfire stop, Contreras and Camargo each made a run for the entrance, eventually reuniting in the parking lot. Camargo said he saw two wounded people as he fled. Contreras said there was one moment she couldn't stop thinking about, even hours after the incident. When the gunfire broke out, she looked in the direction of the gunman and saw children fleeing an inflatable slide, all trying to squeeze through the same tiny exit. She said she's never going to forget that image. And neither should we. Number two, Trump's nominee, to be vice chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General John Hyten, is facing a confirmation hearing tomorrow that will force senators on the Armed Services Committee to decide whether they believe an Army colonel's charges that he sexually assaulted her while she was under his command. He categorically denies all accusations of wrongdoing. Colonel Catherine Spletsdoser has accused Hyten, who is currently responsible for our country's nuclear arsenal as the head of the U.S. Strategic Command, of making unwanted sexual contact with her on several occasions in 2017 while the two were traveling for work. Republicans on the Senate Armed Services Committee, along with some Democrats who know the general, have said they're wary of taking her uncorroborated word over his denials. He is, they say, a decorated four-star who is well-liked by other powerful and high-ranking colleagues. The Air Force's Office of Special Investigations looked into Splitstoser's allegations, but they said they couldn't substantiate her claims. Splitstoser said that the committee, led by Senator Jim Inhofe, the Republican from Oklahoma, has denied her request to speak at the public hearing about multiple episodes of sexual assault. Splitstoser's public remarks would probably mirror much of what she has told the panel in private and alleged in a lengthy Washington Post interview. If Splitstoser's account is correct, it would mean that Hyten committed a crime. But if she is lying, as an active duty service member, she will have committed a crime for which she could be court-martialed. Former Air Force Secretary Heather Wilson, who was briefed on investigators' findings before leaving her position earlier this year, said in an interview last night that the Air Force left no stone unturned in its investigation and that the Senate has been thorough as well. Based on what she knows, Wilson, a former Republican congresswoman from New Mexico, says she believes Hyten is being falsely accused. Number three, in pressuring Guatemala to accept a deal to absorb vast numbers of asylum seekers, the Trump administration has embarked on a dramatic and risky strategy to slash the number of Central Americans flooding the U.S. border. 
The accord, which was negotiated in secret and signed at the White House late Friday, is plunging Guatemala's young democracy into a constitutional crisis. It's also saddling one of the hemisphere's poorest countries with tens of thousands of Salvadoran and Honduran migrants who would, under the new agreement, be barred from making their claims in the United States. This is one of the boldest steps taken yet by Trump to stanch the flow of migrants to the border, and it aims to close off the U.S. asylum system to the migrants who have crossed through Guatemala from the Northern Triangle en route to the Southern border. Instead, they'll have to wait and seek protection in Guatemala. But the agreement is built on a really fragile political and legal base. The Guatemalan Constitutional Court ruled earlier this month that President Jimmy Morales needs approval from the Guatemalan Congress to sign the accord, something he has not received and would not receive. Some analysts say Morales could get around the ruling with his argument that the deal is simply a cooperation agreement, not a treaty. Others note that Morales has at times shrugged off court rulings that he dislikes. Guatemala is set to hold a runoff presidential election on August 11th, and both of the final candidates have criticized Morales' negotiations and his agreement to the broad accord. While the next Guatemalan government could cancel the deal with Trump, it would face intense pressure not to do so. The agreement is also likely to be challenged in U.S. courts by opponents who say Guatemala doesn't qualify under the law as a, quote, safe country, which is a requirement because of high levels of violence. Morales, who finishes his four-year single term in January, is highly unpopular. Guatemalans were startled by a widely published photo this weekend showing a top minister signing the agreement as Trump loomed over his shoulder, an image suggesting the Central American country's submission to the United States. On Saturday, hundreds of people demonstrated in front of the presidential palace in Guatemala City to protest this new deal. And Guatemalan analysts are suggesting that Morales made the deal with the United States in hopes of winning support from the American government. Morales faces serious allegations of financial crimes related to his 2015 electoral campaign, but he is shielded for now by presidential immunity. He loses that in January. He says he is innocent. Some say he will try to come to the United States once he leaves office. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, July 29th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.